Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Go Forth program. I am your host, Ben O. Young. I am happy to introduce you to you to Marie Therese McLaughlin, who is a missionary for the Madonna House Apostolate. Hello, Marie. Hi there, Ben. It's great to see you and be with you. Absolutely. It's so nice to be with you today. Could you please lead us in an opening prayer? Sure, yeah. The prayer I'd like to start off with today is our little mandate. It's a summation of our whole spirituality written by Catherine, words from God to her. And it's it's our whole way of life. For myself, if I could live out one of these lines, I would be thrilled. Arise, go, sell all you possess, give it directly, personally to the poor. Take up my cross, their cross, and follow me. Going to the poor, being poor, being one with them, one with me. Little, be always little, simple, poor, childlike. Preach the gospel with your life without compromise. Listen to the Spirit. He will lead you. Do little things exceedingly well for love of me. Love, 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 never counting the cost. Go into the marketplace and stay with me. Pray fast. Pray always and fast. Be hidden. Be a light to your neighbor's feet. Go without fears into the depth of men's hearts. I shall be with you. Pray always. I will be your rest. Amen. Again, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That was beautiful. And I know that the little mandate is the spirituality of the Madonna House Apostolate. Could you please share what is the mission of the Madonna House Apostolate? Well, simply put, we're called to restore all things in Christ. And that's straight from the scriptures. We're a community founded by a Russian woman, Catherine Doherty, who is now a servant of God, Catherine Doherty. We were founded in 1947, and we're a community of laymen, women, and priests. And we're called together to live a life modeling ourselves after the life of the Holy Family in Nazareth, where they just lived a humble life and did little things exceedingly well and live the gospel perfectly. We, we try to do that too. Uh, it's not perfect all the time, but we do what we can. Those are two little ways of looking at Madonna House. Another one that I really like is our foundress wrote a little book for us and it's Madonna House, what is it? She's all, she was always trying to explain what we are. And there was about 25 chapters, all one page chapters. And she was saying, each one of us, is an open, wounded heart that somebody can walk into and rest. So we have a very deep gift of hospitality, and we learn in our apostolate how to be comfortable with our poverty. On Catherine's cross, when she died, we usually carve something on each person's cross. We put, she loved the poor, and she loved the poor, and she loved each one of us and took a risk because we're all poor. So that's what we try to live. So for clarification purposes for our listeners, Mm -hmm. those lay missionaries who serve at the Madonna House Apostolate sell everything. 
and they move into the house. Am I correct in saying that? You are. Uh, our main place is up in Combermere in Ontario. So when we move in there, we move into dormitory life. So we come from wherever we are and into dormitory life with quite a schedule that we follow, almost, almost a monastic schedule. And there's about 150 of us up at the main house, including up to 50 guests at any given time from all over the world, usually between the ages of, say, 19, 20 and 40 years old. We have a farm and it's a pretty rigorous life up there. Yes, Madonna House, they have over 16 houses in five countries. Yes, that's so, true. Marie, they go through an orientation process first in Canada. Yes. So the first, you can be a guest to up to a year. And if it's discerned with you and your spiritual director and the director of Madonna House that you might have a vocation, then there's a two-year applicancy where you study and you work alongside the staff. And then you take your first promises of poverty, chastity, and obedience for one year, and there's three renewals for two years each. So it's almost a nine-year process before you take your final promises. And it's a nine-year process to become fully a missionary for the Madonna House Apostolate. Yes, but you can, once you take your first promises after those first two years of applicancy, you can be sent to any of our missions. So some of our houses are prayer houses, some of our houses are soup kitchens. Some do catechetical work. Some have retreats. Yeah. For your house in Roanoke, Virginia, what is your particular service? Well, what the bishop had asked us, we've been here almost 45 years, and he asked us to be a Catholic prayer presence in this part of the diocese because we're in southwestern Virginia. And there's not many orders or young groups available. So we're a prayer presence and we offer pustinias, which are prayer rooms. People can come for 24 hours of prayer and fasting. We offer a listening ear. We give retreats and talks. And, and then we simply live life. You do, we do the laundry, the cooking, everything that everybody would do. Yeah. But at the same time, too, you're called the service. The service is, again, those individuals who come to the house yes. and are looking for like a retreat. They're looking for support. They're looking for ways that they can draw closer to God, but at the same time to need a little assistance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're available. And that's wonderful how you guys open your house. You're opening <laughs> your house to serve those. And yet, You've all taken a vow of poverty, like in your prayer. So how are you all funded? Well, great question. <laughs> so Madonna House has been going for 76 years now, and we're funded by the grace of God through benefactors. So sometimes, at least in the field houses like this one, somebody might give us a Kroger card so we can get our groceries Somebody might give us a Home Depot card so that we can get stuff that for to maintain this old 130-year-old building. Our food, we have a garden. So we grow most of our vegetables ourselves. And then we have mass twice a month too, and people bring food then. And then we have a needs list. I just want to tell a short story about needs list. So when I was in our house in Muskegon, we were, we were just opening it and we didn't have any food. 
So I said to the director at the time, what should we do? We don't have any food. It was about 10 o'clock at night. And she said, well, we'll write a list of what we really need. So the basics, like some beans, rice or potatoes, milk, peanut butter, just basics. So we sat down, we wrote this list and I said, where should I put it? She said, just put it on the refrigerator. So I locked up the house for the night. And the next morning when I opened up, it was like 6.30 in the morning. And there were two bags on the ground with everything on that list. And no one ever saw the list. And we never found out who brought the bags of groceries. If we're doing his will, he provides what we need. As they say in the South, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. It goes both ways, right? Yeah. Right? Oh, that's a wonderful story about God's providence for all of you. So I bet our listeners are curious to know, how did you, Marie, get involved with the Madonna House apostolate? Well, Ben, when I was in my last year of university, one of my best friends, his name was Jacques, and uh, he had been to Madonna House, and he said Madonna House was opening a house of prayer in Upper New York State. I'm from Montreal. So he said, why don't we go down for the day? So we got hopped on his motorcycle. We went down to Madonna House in Ellenburg Junction. And it hadn't really officially opened. The pipes had just broke. It was wintertime. And there was two women there. Gal's name was Echo and Kathy Rodman. And something struck me there that I just said, these gals have something. I want to be exposed to what they have. So that year I graduated from university and I had signed up to go up to Madonna House in Combermere, the main center, for a couple of weeks. And I went up there and I ended up staying the summer. But one of the things that struck me there is here are all these men and priests and women all working together, living the gospel fully. And they were living what I had read in scripture. And one of the things that struck me, is it sounds kind of dorky, but in the, the dormitory for women, we had 40 women in that dormitory. There was a, a bathroom and over the sink, there was four mirrors. And on the mirrors on the top, somebody had probably written in lipstick or something, but it said God's image. So when I was brushing my teeth or washing my face, I'd see this thing, God's image. And it just struck me, you know, I think the people here really know that they are made in the image and likeness of God. And I, I want to know that for myself and I want to be able to draw out of other people or bring them to the knowledge that they are made in the image and likeness of Christ. And it's something to really rejoice in. So that was those little things that somebody wrote on the mirror moved me. That's one way of looking at my vocation story, how God led me in that last year of university. And from that experience, you decided to become a missionary for the Madonna House Apostolate. That's right. What I saw is the gospel lived. I never tagged it with the word mission, because I think if we're living the gospel, we're on mission, period. That's beautiful. Yes. And that has been made clear to me numerous times by several missionaries. So no, thank you for that clear point. We're all on mission. Yeah. Uh, what you also shared reminds me of uh, the Sunday readings, the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And in particular, the second reading to the Philippians. Could you share how the Sunday readings magnify your call to mission? Yes, for sure. There is one part of that reading from Paul 
I, I'm going to quote it because this to me is a definition of what a missionary is. They humbly regard others as more important than yourselves, each looking out not for his own interest, but also for those of others. That's what a missionary does. So it's a call to incredible selflessness. The other thing too is Paul talks about, we have to encourage one another in Christ. And he uses words. I was doing like kind of Alexio on this and the words were compassion, be one, be of the same mind, the same love, united in heart, thinking one thing. And that struck me because one of the pitfalls for a lot of missionaries is you can get into a place where you think that you're alone in it. But this reading says, no, you have to be one. You're not one with yourself. You're one with God, for sure. Prayer is the foundation of everything. But you're not some missionary maverick. You're not in it alone. There's other people there for you and with you. And the challenge is, especially for North Americans, the world says you have to be self-sufficient. But we have to lean on one another. We cannot do it alone. And we were not meant to do this alone. The other thing that struck me is, and it's about Jesus, you know, Christ became obedient unto death, dying on the cross. It just speaks of he became a slave. He emptied himself. So it speaks about our life as a Christian, as a Catholic, as a missionary, that we have to be serious about emptying ourselves so that the Holy Spirit, the Father, Jesus Christ can come in us and use us, self-emptying. Eh? And we don't want to do that very much. Catherine, our foundress, used to call it the journey inward. Often we don't want to go there because it always means following our Savior. It always means death, but then it always means resurrection. That's one thing. The other part of that hymn is Christ Jesus humbled himself. So humility is another foundational stone for missionaries. What Catherine taught us as far as missionary work goes is you go to a place not lording over anybody. You go there to serve. So you go to listen to the needs of the people. And maybe you go there to love them. And maybe after a year or so, you might have a sense of what is needed there. But you don't go in with a plan. The plan comes from the people. And that takes humility to listen. And the other part is we all have free will. We can say yes or no. But I think that the more we say yes, the more we want to say yes. And the more the fires kindled inside of ourselves and other people touch that fire. Uh, I had a kind of a meditation this year of Christ. It was on Good Friday. So on the cross, one of the words he said is, it is finished. Well, he had done the will of the Father perfectly, and he could say, it is finished. For every missionary, for every Catholic, it, the will of the, the Father, is not finished until we're dead. <laughs> it's not finished. There's a lot to do. And it's exciting. Wow. I, I wish the listeners could see you because you could see <laughs> the excitement in your eyes and in your heart. The other thing I wanted to also jump on that is the psalm reading, too. What you're sharing is to trust in the Lord. But the psalm also says, your ways, O Lord, make known to me. 
Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God, my Savior. And that's what you're saying. That's what you're saying all along from what you just shared. Yeah. And you know, the, the refrain for that is remember your mercies. Well, God has no problem remembering his mercies, but we have to remember his mercies because that will give us strength to go on. And we need strength to go on every day. Mm. And he doesn't remember the sins of our youth. Here's a little thing. Um, every now and again in spiritual reading, Catherine would give us this line and she would say, so you're a sinner. Get over it. We're all sinners. <laughs> and you know what? That's a real stumbling block for a lot of Christians. We think we can't preach the gospel because we're sinners. You know what? The only people that weren't sinners were Jesus and Our Lady. So we have to get over that. We have the sacrament of reconciliation to go and receive new life. And Christ wipes that away. Christ came for us. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for sinners. And here we are. Yes, here we are. And at the same time, too, <laughs> teach me your ways, O Lord. You, yeah. You're you're the one in control. But it's our job to relinquish that control. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so you sound like you've really enjoyed this mission journey for you. And could you just share some stories of how the Lord has touched your heart over the years through your interactions with those that you served? For sure. I told you this before. I'm Irish and I'm a storyteller, so I have a lot of stories. <laughs> I, I want to tell you one that kind of dovetails with a lot of things, okay? So I was in our house in Muskegon in Michigan. But every morning when we go to uh, church, there was a woman that lived in an alleyway. And she looked very demented. You know, her hair was stuck out. She was always soiled. She actually used a shovel to lean on to walk. And we noticed all the kids would call her names and she never talked. She's what, what we'd call an Anawin, one of the poor of God, right? So the director said, Teresa said to me, we should get to know this woman. I wanted to say to her, well, you can get to know her because I was a little afraid of her actually. So she's, no, no, I want you to go and reach out to her. So I went into the alleyway. I had seen what house she had come out of, a, a basement apartment. And I knocked on the door and I knocked and knocked and there was no answer. Then all of a sudden there was this eerie scream. And I thought, nah, I'm getting out of here. So I left, you know, I mean, it takes courage, right? To do some of these things. So I left and I went back home and Teresa said, how did it go? I said, no, I, I never got to connect with her. And she said, well, we have to keep on trying to connect with her. So we did, eh? this is, I'm talking two, three, four years, right? So we'd meet her. We'd always say hello to her. I, I, I went over to her house, knock on her door. Eventually, after a few months, she opened the door. And I said hello, and I introduced myself. And she introduced herself. Eventually, her name was Iva. We just loved her, right? And we kept on visiting her. Eventually, she let us come into her house, which was a total disaster. And we got to know her more and more. But this took time and love. And at some point, she let us clean up her house for her. And some point, we, we didn't know she had any family. We found something about a sister. This was like four years into knowing her. We asked her about her sister. And I said, we said, would you like to connect with her? And she said, yes. So 
over this time, I mean, this was five, six years, she came back to her right mind. She could dress herself. She was not incontinent anymore. The kids did not taunt her anymore. She didn't need a shovel to walk with. Her dignity as a child of God was restored to her. But it was first obedience to do this thing that frightened me too. Part of our mission for everybody is to lead them to Christ and, and let them know who they are in God. Another one, because we have the homeless all around us right now, you just get to know people. And I say to the staff, it's really important to get to know people's names so you can call them by name. When do they get called by name, their own name? So one of them I've got to know very well, James. And one day he was sitting out on our front stoop and he kind of was dejected. And I just went over and said, James, James what's up? He said, my mom just died. And who can he talk to about stuff like that? And he had to talk. So just to be there and have our wounded hearts open to let other people come in. And I could tell stories till the cows come home. It's, it's wonderful what you're sharing. It's, it's yeah. incredible stories. But th what it's going through my mind is that these people, they came into your life. The Lord led you to them. Mm -hmm. And your job, your mission was to just show God's love. And in return, yeah. they benefited. All the doors of all of our houses around the whole world are painted blue in honor of Our Lady. So we say her blue mantle of love, anybody coming through the doorway gets a blessing. We do not know who's going to come to our door. Every person is a mystery. Every person is a story. And am I willing to come out of my own little schedule and my own whatever to be available to that person? And Pope Francis loves to use the word encounter, to really encounter. I can't encounter somebody if I'm on my own, if I'm trying to control my life. Yeah, and, and not only encounter, but just to talk and get to, I love what you're, you're sharing about uh, finding out the people's names. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just showing them compassion makes a world of difference for so many. Yeah, and just one other thing I, I just want to throw in here is, you know, our own hearts are a mission field, right? And God's working in our hearts all the time. When I arrived here about 12 years ago, it was just before Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is a really big thing in the States. And we were having people over for a supper. And, and there was just a lull in the afternoon, about a half hour. And I said to the directory, could I just go for a walk? There's a little lull here. And she said, yeah. And it was a very lonely day for me. It was, I mean, I had just arrived, you know, and it was such a big deal down here. And I didn't know anybody. So I went for a walk. And Thanksgiving, there's no one on the streets. Everybody's at somebody's house. So I was walking through a park. And this guy came toward me, big guy, like six, five, with a case of beer under his arm. And I was a little frightened, so I did my shortest prayer, God help me. And I kept on walking toward him. And then I looked at him and I just said, hi, how are things? And he said, you know, pretty bad. My girlfriend just left me today and da, da, da. What about you? So I just said, I'm having a really rough day. I'm just really lonely. He put down the case of beer and he said, let me pray with you. It's the last thing I expected in my life. And God gave him every word I needed to comfort me in my loneliness. 
And I was so stunned, you know, I said, thank you so much. And I started to walk away and he said, whoa, 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 wait, aren't you going to pray with me? Oh yeah, 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 I'll pray with you too. But you know, God knows what we need and he'll give it in his time. Mm. Yes. God has a plan. God knows what we need. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for sharing a beautiful story. Before I let you go, is there any advice you have for our listeners who are thinking about entering into the mission field? Well, I actually wrote a few things down here. <laughs> First of all, October 1st, you know, the 26th Sunday in ordinary time is the feast of my patron, St. Therese of the Child Jesus of the Holy Face. And she's the patroness of missionaries. So certainly pray to your own patron saint. Go to the Mother of God. Pray always and pray for deeper faith and courage to live the gospel and courage to go on that journey inward. The other advice I would give too is if you're really serious about your life in God, try to find a spiritual director. Catherine used to say to us, only a fool will guide himself. So look for somebody who's wise, who has what you need and ask if they could help journey with you along your spiritual journey. The other thing too is please, please don't rate yourself. So don't rate how good you are as a missionary or how bad you are as a missionary. Don't rate how strong or how weak your, your spiritual life is, your prayer life. God doesn't rate us. He loves us. So don't do that to yourself. Be gentle with yourself. <laughs> Be gentle with yourself. Trust in the Lord and know that the Lord has a plan. Yes, and be wide open because his plan always is an adventure, a mystery, and will always bring joy in every situation and every person you encounter. Well, it has been a joy talking to you, Marie. <laughs> and on our show notes, we'll have ways that you can participate, getting involved with the Madonna House Apostolate, as well as ways to donate. And again, they'll be on our show notes. Marie, Thank you so much again for your time and for sharing all of your missionary story and how important it is also for us to enter the mission field. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. It's nice to light fires. <laughs> You're a good fire starter, fire with the Holy Spirit. Thank you again. And let us all go forth and spread the good news. Go Forth is a service of USCMA funded in part by the Catholic Communications Campaign. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite listening platform. We'd love to earn five stars from you, so be sure to scroll down and leave a review. Visit uscatholicmission.org forward slash go forth for scripture commentaries, show notes, and go forth gathering details. Check out the show notes for pictures and links about our witness's mission. Our music is Go Out, Go Out by Curtis Stephan, used by license with OCP. Wherever you live and whatever you do, God has a mission just for you. Come back next week to meet another missionary disciple sharing God's love through their life and witness. Amen. Amen.